0: 15 it was late about 3 30 am i had fallen asleep on my cousin's sofa about 10 pm after a long day at our family reunion all of a sudden the dogs started going crazy it woke me up so i kind of laid there thinking to myself i wish they would shut up then all of a sudden i heard one of the dogs yell out like it was hurt then i heard the sound of something coming up on the front porch so i sat up to look out the front window it just so happens that we left the porch light on and what I saw was unforgettable and unbelievable. It was squatting down right in front of me. I g- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Guess it was too big to stand straight up on the porch. I don't know why it was there, but we had left the empty beer and soda cans and leftover food scraps in a couple of trash bags to be thrown out the next day. But to make a long story short, I was no more than eight to 10 feet away from it. I looked at for what seemed like an hour but I never saw its face because its back was to me the whole time and I never leave my 45 calories but for some reason I did not have it with me. If I had you would have had a corpse to show to the world but this thing has become aggressive in this area of Alabama where my family lives. July 8th it kills my cousin's bulldog, in May it chases another family member. June it looks into a family members window in broad open day time so I am trying to get some of the guys together and try and kill it because no one will do anything to research and capture this thing. We know where it lives and how it travels, all we want is for someone to capture and remove it. I live in Texas but my family lives in Alabama, and they are living in fear of this thing so it has to go one way or another. It was the spring of 2007. My then boyfriend and I were on our way from New York down to Miami to go to a music festival. We were driving south on the highway along the east coast of central Florida when we pulled into a rest area so that he could catch a nap. He had been driving all day when he decided that he desperately needed a short rest before getting back behind the wheel. We had very recently bought the van and he did not think that I could handle maneuvering it so he was doing all of the driving. I later proved him wrong. He parked and jumped in the back of the van and laid down on the futon mattress that we had laid there. He told me to leave him alone and he proceeded to pass out from exhaustion. I was pretty freaked out because the rest area building was unmanned, locked up, and dark inside. The restrooms were closed. The small rest area building was surrounded by dark woods. There were about four other cars in the small parking lot but no sign of any drivers, so I imagine they were having an emergency lay down as well. Normally I would never have set foot outside of the van alone in such a scenario. My instincts told me not to get out of the van. But I had taken some mydol for my menstrual cramps and they had given me brutal nausea, I needed some pretzels. I mustered up all of my courage and opened the passenger side door and squeezed through the space between our vehicle and the vehicle that was parked directly next to ours. As soon as I had a clear line of sight to the front of the rest stop building, I saw the thing, and saw IT, clearly. Straight ahead I saw the brightly lit front facade of the rest stop. To the left of the doors was IT. To the right of the doors was a vending machine. Immediately it communicated with me. I was flooded with what I consider a telepathic message from the being. I cannot be seen. I cannot be seen. I must travel by night and exist in darkness. I cannot be seen. I cannot be seen. I cannot be seen. And I felt an enormous wave of compassion for the being rather than fear, which may seem a more logical reaction to someone hearing this story. For some reason, my brain only categorized IT as one thing initially, an outsider worthy of compassion and tolerance. Its skin was pure chalk white. Not the skin tone white, but the color white. Its eyes were several times larger than ours. It had two little air holes for a nose and a very thin mouth. Its frame was completely concealed by its enormous, long, black hooded rope. It looked as though it was quite gaunt underneath pretty frail looking. It was sitting on its bottom, knees bent, back against the brick front of the rest area, to the left of the front doors of the rest area. It was sitting with its back very straight, tall, and erect. It seemed in awe of me, or maybe in awe that I was actually approaching it. It looked vaguely like a human, very vaguely. Its face was snake-like. Its eyes were right on me. I threw a little everyday smile in its direction and I did something strange. I continued to walk toward the rest area even after seeing IT. I walked towards the rest area building, closer to IT. I walked forward about 20 feet from the rear of the van to the rest area steps, up the 20 or so steps, and to the right, where the vending machine was located. My thoughts at this point were very bizarre in retrospect, I felt bad for the thing. I didn't want it to feel different. I know that sounds hilariously quaint if we are indeed talking about an interdimensional being, but I didn't want to run back into the van because I didn't want to hurt its feelings. I didn't want to make it feel like a freak. It had already told me that it could not be seen due to the way people would react, so I wanted it to know that I didn't judge it for the way it looked and that I was willing to come to terms with its horrific appearance in order to extend some humanity to it. I did not know about fallen angels and such at the time, so it was with that very bizarrely strong conviction to be righteous and humane to IT that I walked toward the vending machine. I actually got pretzels. I'm telling you, my stomach was churning. I used the vending machine with my back to it. Pretzels in hand, I swiveled around to look at IT again before descending back down the steps. It was at that moment that pure terror rippled through me. I was closer to it now, approximately 15 feet away, and I could see now that there was definitely no way that it was human. It was staring right at me like a wide-eyed insect. It was still in exactly the same position, except that it had turned its head to look at me better as my position changed. It looked like an alien. It looked like a demon. It was not human. Its huge, one-dimensional eyes did not have whites. They were almond-shaped, like the classic alien eye that we all know. It was then that I realized that it was extremely tall, unthinkably tall. Although I was standing and it was sitting, its head still stood taller than mine. Its huge eyes were fixed on me totally, with fascination, alarm, and with the most intense focus. Just like the way my cat looks at something right before she pounces on it. When I had made the decision to climb the stairs towards it and not to retreat to the van, I thought that it was sitting on top of something and that that was why its head was raised up so high. Now, from this closer perspective, I could see that it was not sitting on anything but its own butt. If I had realized that it was this tall at the start, I very well may not have gone up the stairs. So, after the ripple of terror went through me, I responded by smiling the way you smile at a stranger when your eyes catch on the bus. I shot at a casual, thin, innocuous little hey-how-yado and smile. Why and how I acted as if things were totally normal, I cannot explain. I have never acted so cool in my life. If I were to guess what the thing was doing when I encountered it, judging by its body language, I would say that it was somewhat displaced and resting. But I have no clue, maybe it was in the middle of something far more sinister. It did not look like a mutant or an experiment. It looked ancient, timeless, and placeless. Graceful, horrible. It was also firmly in this dimension when I saw it. It was not a hazy vision in the slightest. The lighting was not dim. It was not even a remotely ethereal experience. The extremely bright lights that illuminated the front façade of the rest area building revealed every contour of this entity. If only I had been closer I could have provided much more detail about its facial features. As I was walking back to the van, I quickly strategized about how to make sure that my fear did not paralyze me and prohibit me from getting safely inside the car. I decided not to look back or even around me as I turned the key because if I saw that IT had moved or I saw IT coming towards me, I would have been too terrified to manage with the car keys. I got in the van. I locked the door. I screamed that we needed to leave immediately. We did. As we drove away, about 90 seconds after IT was last in my sight, I looked out the window and saw that it was gone. There was nothing where it had been just brick wall and concrete floor. I began to tell my boyfriend that I had just had the ultimate experience. And although he was a dude who was always going on about the Vedas and Madame Blavatsky and whatnot, for some reason, his only response was a trite. We're in Florida. What do you expect? He was an extremely abusive person. So I decided to leave it at that and not attempt to share any more with him. As far as the height of the entity at first. I thought that it was about 9 or 10 feet tall. Now that I am drawing a diagram, I realize that IT was likely significantly taller. As I said, IT's head stood taller than mine, even though I was standing and IT was sitting. I am 5 feet 4. That means that it was approximately 6 feet tall from its butt to the top of its head. From its butt to its knees may have been 4 to 5 feet, and from its knees to feet, 3 feet. But that means that IT was about 14 feet tall. I can hardly wrap my mind around that. Me and my wife and two girls were going to see my parents who live in Cleburne County Al and my daughter who had not long gotten her driver's license was driving and I was up front in the passenger seat and my wife and other daughter was in the back. We had just gotten of the interstate and had turned down the long back road that takes us to my parents. And as we came over a hill and something huge and black darted across the road on two feet and into the woods about 50 yards ahead. My daughter said what was that I was like I have no idea, it was massive and very wide across the shoulders and its head seemed to just sit on top of its huge shoulders, like this thing was taller and wider than anything I've ever seen and moved with unreal speed. My daughter didn't really get a good of look at it she just seen something big zip across the road, but I seen it long enough to see it was standing up on two feet and really big and I guess what stands out to me the most is just how wide its upper body was big enough to know that no other animal could even come close especially around here, and its height I'm just guessing but it seemed easily eight feet. I still can't believe that something like this actually exist I mean how can something that big not be seen more, You hear the stories but to see something like this that you can't explain, and you know most people will not believe you but I guess now I'm a believer. I was heading to work in Springfield, Missouri on Highway 65 at about 4.30 in the morning and I was zoning out. I was in the left lane of a two-lane highway because of a parked car on the side of the highway. As I started passing the car, something caught my eye coming straight at me from the median on the left side. I got a brief look at a humanoid creature running on all fours, not with that awkward run that people do when they try to run on all fours, more like a deer when it runs. It had long arms and long legs and was very skinny. It looked like a six to seven foot tall golem from the Lord of the Rings movies. I can't be sure if it was a dark color on top and a pale color underneath because I only saw it for about five seconds. It looked straight at me as the car was about to hit it, but it disappeared right when I got to where it was. About seven years ago my wife and I were at a lake in the middle of the Talladega National Forest in Alabama. The lake was Sweetwater Lake. We were fishing in a small boat at the end of a slough early in the morning, we were the only ones at the lake, I think it was on a Wednesday and we were all alone. We heard something scream, it started out as a howl and turned into a long high-pitched scream and it was so loud it echoed through the mountains. It made the hair stand up on the back of our necks. But that is not all. About a year before that my stepfather and I were hicking around the same lake, we like to fish at a spillway way on the back side of the lake, and about half mile into the hike we crossed a fire break about 20 feet wide. Now keep in mind that we are a pretty good way back in the woods, we have crossed rocks thorns and briars and all kinds of rough ground. And right there across the dried mud in the fire break is a set of footprints dried into the mud. They were not huge they were about the size of a full grown man but they did look human, I just couldn't understand why a man would be this far back in the woods without shoes on. And over the years there is one thing I have thought about a Bigfoot would have to grow up, so maybe it was a young Bigfoot. I had a crawler sighting before I realized they were a thing too. It was a few years ago during college. Traveled to a buddy's hometown, Missouri. And were cruising down the back roads to get some food late at night we all four of us swear on our lives that we saw a creature off the right hand side of the road near the tree line about 15 feet from the road and in an instant literally blink of an eye it disappeared into the woods off the left side of the road as we were going 35 to 45 miles per hour in its direction we'll add that we took lsda a few hours before I'm a pussy so only took like a half of a half dose since it was my first slash only time, so I haven't told this story too often, but I was definitely very cognizant. Only thing I felt was euphoria the next morning as the golden sun shined in through the curtains. The creature I remember seeing was incredibly skinny, dog-like figure about the size of a large deer, pale or grey, hard to tell with the car lights, and blurry because it was fast as f gives me goosebumps just thinking about it as it's not the first time if had something inexplainable happen in my life. So this is basically the reason I hate the dark so much and no one except for maybe three to six people believe me about this happening. I know this sounds like straight bullshit, but I swear to god, this happened. Sorry for the lengthy post, When I was around 12 at the time, 4 years ago, I would play tag at night with my friends next door, I call them L, is an M for privacy purposes. One night I was playing as usual when I was hiding under the tight space under the deck, I smelled a rotten stench and saw a black mass of something turn and face me. I acted like any normal 12 year old and got out of there as fast as I could, only to be tagged. I was annoyed but saw someone running up into the treehouse so I ran over and hid, waiting for them to come out. About five minutes later I got impatient and decided to sneak up into the treehouse. Well, no one was up there and as I put my foot up onto a step to the second floor I guess you could call it, a slimy, damp hand tightly wrapped around my ankle, I got free but fell over the railing and hit my head pretty hard. I opened my eyes only to see a tall, like I'm talking eight feet tall here, and I'm six feet two, around five feet ten at the time. Anyways I see this thing, but I can't move, I try to scream but nothing happens, I know what you guys are possibly thinking and no, not sleep paralysis, I've had that before and this was different. It shot down and wrapped its hand around my throat, it said run in my ear in a sharp harsh tone, kinda like Vecna mixed with Will Ramos, Lorna Shore for anyone who doesn't know. As soon as it says that I can move again but it is gone but my neck is still in pain. I get up and book it but get stopped by L. He spins me around and asks where I have been and that they have been looking for me for 20 minutes. I tell him what happened and he calls bullshit saying they looked behind the treehouse multiple times. I blink and there it is, right behind him in the split second I blinked. He calms me down and talks me through it saying it was just m being a dickhead. About an hour passes of nothing happening and I go inside only to see this thing again and our chook pen just staring at me. I tell my parents and sister, is, and she says she put her hand in the spar and did it all, the spar was bone dry at the time of this. If anyone has any insight about this please let me know, I have looked online throughout the years but the only thing that somewhat resembles what I saw was the rake or a version of Slenderman I drew but a couple years ago with few facial features, eyes, mouth. My friend at work had a paranormal-like experience like this one I had. So this first one was last year. I was with a couple of my friends and we were camping out in back three acre property. To give insight, will be important later, it is about 30 seconds walking distance wide and about 2 to 3 minutes walking distance long there was 4 of us and we were up at 12 at night, all just screwing around and I decide to get one of those tracking apps that tracks moving objects on my phone. It could track my dad in the kitchen moving, about 2 minutes away walking distance, so I decide, damn let's see if any druggie is up in the paddocks, so I put it up facing that way and call my mates over to look, boom yellow box appeared and boom straight across my screen within seconds, we had a light on whatever it was at the same time all watching both the screen and the light, I shit you not, within two seconds it had gone the width of the paddock, we all just calm said nope f that, I stayed, light on the spot where it had stopped and camera eye that spot too, All of a sudden the box moves off screen and I readjust to see the box coming down the fence line towards us. I scream and tell them to grab something that resembles a weapon and get back. They said I was bullshitting until we heard movement in the long grass behind us. They got up and got behind me. We stood there for a solid 10 minutes until we heard it run off. Safe to say we all were on edge for the rest of the night after that. The second time same property. We had a slightly bigger group, 5-6 to people there and we were mucking around with torches and telling stories and shit around a campfire again at around 12. My light landed on a similar creature as per my previous post, it ducked down and ran off. I told my friends and some thought I was bullshitting at first but when they saw the fear in my face they came around and we all started looking around. We heard movement in the long grass the rest of the night. We all eventually passed out at around 3.30 to 4 in the morning. I was driving home from Cedar Bluff High School on Highway 9 towards my house. As I was coming down the road I caught a glimpse of something at the edge of the wood line. I put on my brakes to get a better view and that's when I saw what it was. It was about 7 to 8 feet tall dark hairy colour and was standing on two legs. It stood and stared at me a few seconds and then turned and walked back into the woods. It took two strides and it was gone. I was freaked out. I knew when I saw it, that it was a Sasquatch. I came home and told my husband what I had saw and he could clearly tell that I was shaken up. I live in an extremely old part of an old city in Ireland a city which has seen uncountable bloodshed and war. To us locals it is known as Dublin Town. Where I live my family have lived for generations. We come from very old Irish bloodlines, this will matter later in the story. My street is now made of tarmac but was once old cobblestones. I have numerous neighbors who have heard the sound of horses clopping outside during night hours and those of you who know the sound of horses on cobble know it is unique. This is an extremely minor part. My great grandfather lived at the top of an adjacent laneway to my house in what we know as tenement housing. Story goes one night on his way home from work in the very early morning hours. He heard a low growl behind him. When he turned, he saw a large black dog with burning red eyes at the bottom of the lane. This laneway is a steep hill and maybe 100 feet long. It is quite narrow he ran to the door facing down the lane and proceeded to make his way up to his room where his wife and children lived, including my grandfather. His room faced the laneway and was two or three floors up. As he looked out the window he saw the black red-eyed dog sitting at the top of the lane maybe 20 feet from his tenement door, staring up at him. This dog is not a good Irish omen my oldest aunt once seen what she thinks was the banshee as she walked home from a night of partying in the early 1980s a woman dressed in white combing her hair and what sounds like unnatural crying she was sitting atop a 20-foot high wall my uncle who is from a different country and is extremely pragmatic was once driving through the countryside and swears he's seen one of the little people a leprechaun sitting beside a bush Now I will begin my own personal stories. I apologize for the length of this post but I feel it is time to share my experiences. As a child myself and my three siblings shared the same bedroom, sadly when my mother was pregnant on my little sister she was hit by a car and my sister suffered some health problems when she was born. One night when we were around seven and eight years old I woke up to the sound of my little sister having a conversation in the pitch black room. I slept in the top bunk bed and will never forget peering over and groggily asking her what she doing. She was sitting on a chair and told me she was talking to our grandfather, sounding so excited. Our grandfather had passed away a few years earlier. That's when my family realized she was special. Due to the circumstances surrounding her birth she was not meant to survive but against all odds she did. When I was around 12 myself and my little brother who was maybe eight or nine were alone in our bedroom we had stayed up very late playing games as young siblings usually do parents thinking we were asleep our bedroom was ground floor and the window faced the same huge old slate wall my aunt had seen the banshee decades earlier when we heard it i can't describe the exact sound but it will forever be etched in my memory i have heard all sorts of urban foxes fighting wild cats fighting It was an unnatural crying sort of like a guttural but also high-pitched screeching. Like the sound of a cat being mutilated on our windowsill. Both in terror we froze and my little brother being a curious kid wanted to look out. I stopped him and remembered what our father had told us, explanation at the end. He asked me what it could be maybe in the hopes being the oldest brother I would have some sort of natural explanation. I dared not say it aloud in fear she would hear us or come for us and whispered about our father's warning. It lasted what felt like hours but may have been just a few minutes and slowly made its way away from our house. The sound of it moving into the distance whist still making that fear inducing sound will never leave me. Shortly after we got into bed beside each other and no both agreed we had heard the banshee. Our father once warned us of a woman with long black hair covering her face. She would wear a white dress and be combing her hair. To those who come across her, she would appear to be crying and ask for help. If you speak to her or look at her face, you will die or one of your family will come to serious harm. He had some stories his father passed on and so forth, but I can't remember them. This was before I heard of my aunt's sighting. I will create a second post as finally writing. This has helped me remember other childhood experiences. It will not be my last experience with the Banshee. In 1979 and 80 I was living in my grandparents old home place on our family farm in Alabama. The farm has about 300 acres of woods covering an area of deep hollows leading down to sloughs off of a river. In late summer and fall of 79 we had been having trouble with deer poachers and some cattle rustling on our farm, so I was spending a lot of time out at night and on my off days trying to catch them. Several times at night and a couple of times during the day I had heard strange screams back in the woods towards the river. The first time I heard them, I thought it might be a peacock or a screech owl, but it really didn't sound like either, and it seemed to be much louder and more prolonged. I really didn't think much of it until one night I was walking back to the house from the back of the farm at about 11 pm. It was a clear night with a bright half moon shining and I could see quite well. I was skirting along the south edge of the woods about half mile due north of the house when suddenly I got a creeping feeling that I was being watched and or was in danger. My skin started crawling and the hair on the back of my neck and hands stood up. At the same time my dog, a large Doberman Pinscher, started acting nervous and whining quietly and started looking back over his shoulder to our left towards the woodline. I eased the safety off on my rifle and increased my pace. Right at that instant, something screamed right in the edge of the woods less than 35 yards behind and to the left of us. The pitch and volume of the scream was incredible. I could feel my chest vibrating from the loudness of the scream. My dog and I both broke and ran to our right out into the pasture about 50 yards and I spun around and stopped with my rifle up to see if it was chasing us, but it wasn't. I stood there with my rifle up and whatever it was screamed at us five or six more times. Also I could hear movement in the dry leaves where the sound was coming from, that sounded like a large person pacing back and forth. I could also see the tops of some saplings and small trees sway and move as it bumped into them or pushed and pulled on them. The screams were longer lasting and a little lower pitched than what I had heard before. I also know for sure that they weren't bobcat screams. I became aware of the sound of our cattle running away towards the southwest. The woods got quiet, but I knew it was standing there still watching me. But I never saw anything. I backed away for about 100 yards and then broke into a jog back to the house, spinning around and stopping with my rifle up about every 50 yards or so to make sure it wasn't following me. A few nights later, I was up late about 1.30 am and getting ready for bed. I came out of the bathroom into my bedroom and my dog was standing there staring towards the front of the house. He was completely stiff with the hair standing up on his back and neck and he was growling very low and menacingly. It was the only time I ever saw him do that and he was deadly serious. I got a glimpse of a shadow move across the corner of my front bedroom window moving towards the west side of the house. The moon was shining right on the west wall of the house. My dog turned towards the west and kept growling even more seriously. Then I saw a large, sort of human-shaped shadow move across both windows on the west side of the house. The dog kept turning and growling and following the shadow. Whatever it was, had to have been about 10 feet tall to cast a shadow that far up on the windows. I was petrified with fear. I finally picked up my riot shotgun and chambered a round of buckshot. My dog, at this time, was staring towards the north window of the spare bedroom and was still stiff and but not growling quite as bad. I got up enough nerve to look out the bathroom window but saw nothing. My yard was surrounded by a three feet high, hog wire fence with two strands of barbed wire on top of it and locked steel gates, so whatever it was, stepped over the fence to get into and out of my yard. The gates made a lot of noise if you tried to climb or open them so it didn't come or go through the gates. In the next few weeks, while I was walking through the woods near the river, in two different locations, I found several deer that had been killed. At the time, I thought that poachers had done it, but they were all complete except for having their abdomens cut or torn open and the guts pulled out. None of the meat was gone from any of them, other than what possums or coons had eaten, and most of them had broken legs. Only one was a buck and it was a yearling spike. One of the deer had been killed right where I found it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There were broken limbs and saplings and hair all around it. There were tufts of deer hair hung in the bark of two larger trees next to the carcass some of the tufts were over 10 feet off the ground both of the deer's back legs were broken and twisted even then i thought that it looked like something had grabbed that deer by the back legs and beaten it to death against the trees i didn't tell anyone about any of this my dad and other folks had told me that people had been hearing and seeing strange things along that part of the river for decades But I had a neighbor that had told about seeing a Bigfoot on his property a few years earlier and everybody laughed at him. In early fall of 1980, my wife was bringing in the wash one night about 7 pm. I had fed the horses some oats about 30 minutes earlier and I was now in the kitchen and suddenly heard a scream outside. I ran out and my wife was running in, scared nearly to death. Something was right outside the gate between the storage shed and tack room slash stables screaming just like before. The horses went running out of there wide open. The fence and gate there is quite high because there is a corral there also. I could hear it moving around but could only get a glimpse of it occasionally. It was much taller than the six feet fence there and it appeared to be black with maybe a little silver or gray mixed in. There's a steat light in our yard on that side of the house, and when it moved though a patch of light, I could see the light glint off of its fur. It was tall enough that it hit or shoved aside some tree limbs that I have to jump to be able to touch. It screamed several more times and I could tell that it was becoming more agitated. Between screams, I could hear it making a very eerie strange noise with an intermittent clicking sound that sounded like it was growling as it chewed or moved its mouth. I ran back in the house and locked the doors. We moved shortly after that and I spent hardly any time on the farm until we moved back to the area in 1997. My son, daughter and I and a couple of friends were coon hunting on the back of the farm near the river last year, November 1999, and the dogs were down on the east side of a ridge and we were waiting up on the top of the ridge for them to tree. We started to hear the same screams as before about 600 yards to the west of us, in one of the areas where I had found dead deer before. The screams lasted maybe 30 seconds to a minute and then stopped. We had tried to get the dogs to go in that direction earlier, and they wouldn't and we tried again later, but they kept circling back around and going to the truck, and these are championship dogs. I didn't get to go back in the woods there until April of this year, 2000. I found fresh deer bones in the area where I had found several dead deer 20 years before. After finding your website and reading about the Bigfoot killing deer, I now know that it hasn't been poachers killing all of our deer. I believe that I will probably find more evidence of activity because the deer population is increasing in our area. I was bow hunting near my grandfather's house. Early that afternoon around maybe 1.30 I slipped back into a remote section of woods about one quarter of a mile from the road where I had hung my stand a few days before. After I got there, I didn't see anything other than a couple of squirrels and an opossum. Right as it was starting to get dark I heard something coming through the woods and I thought it was a deer. Once it got to the small clearing that I was in. I saw that as was a Bigfoot. It looked like it might have been about seven foot but it could have been more or less. I think that it was a female because it wasn't extremely broad or blocky looking and it also had visible breasts. It had reddish brown hair. After it passed through the clearing I climbed down from the tree and got out of there as quickly as I could. Didn't see it, but I did hear a banshee scream. When I was 18 I was sleeping and at 2 AM I woke up to the scariest loudest scream ever. It was so loud I thought my eardrums were going to bust. It only lasted for about 10 seconds before it stopped but I was too scarred to even open my eyes after it stopped to see what it was. I asked my parents if they heard the scream too but they didn't hear anything so I never brought it up again. Still think about it to this day. At the end of January 2013, I was traveling north on Alabama Highway 51 in northern Coffee County in a rural area approximately one mile south of the Dale County line just before dark. I estimate the time to be around 5pm. As I approached a left curve I noticed a large dark mass in the roadway. At this point I was within 100 yards of it. Suddenly it moved to my right and in about three steps it was on the shoulder of the road facing me. It was a bipedal creature approximately nine feet tall with a shoulder span approaching four feet with the most intense yellow-green eyes I've ever seen spaced six to eight inches apart. In my headlights I could see it was covered in gray-brown hair. The face was ape-like with dark brown black leathery skin. The creature lifted its left arm possibly to shield its eyes or perhaps anticipating being hit as i was about 30 feet from it then i was past it it took several seconds for the significance of what had occurred to sink in so first off this is my friend's story an experience out camping by himself in the arizona wilderness i will try to retell his story the best i can I will write in his perspective of the story. I went hiking out in the wilderness on the outskirts of Yuma and walked about five miles from my car to my campsite. I brought my usual hiking gear along with my AR-15 for protection against wild animals like coyotes or snakes. My firewood supply burned up just after the sun went down, so I went to bed at 18.30. I messed around on my phone until 19.30, passed out was woken up by a call from, our mutual friend, around 20.30, and fell asleep again. The next time I woke up, I could not move. I could hear rocks moving around outside, and soft footfalls in the sand right outside my tent. I'd heard coyotes howling earlier, so I knew that's what these were. I was sleeping with my back to the wall of the tent, and one of the little uckers pressed his nose into my back and sniffed for a good three minutes. I had sleep paralysis again and i couldn't even grab my rifle to shoot the f the second thing happened a few hours later at three something this was a nightmare not sleep paralysis this time there are two sections of my tent that can be seen through it had to be a dream but i woke up and peered through the window and i saw a young woman and a child sitting outside my tent on a small rise not more than six feet away I asked them who they were. The child was silent, but the woman declared, leave this place. They made each made a horrifying face, and I was able to grab my rifle. I tried to shoot them, because it dawned on me that something was terribly wrong, but the trigger wouldn't budge. She and the child stood at once and walked away into the shrub trees behind my tent. The woman walked on until I couldn't see her anymore but the child passed out from under the moonlight into the shadow of the shrub tree, and because there was moonlight falling on the other side of the tree, I could watch her silhouette change shape. She became a gangly, bony freak, almost like a tall monkey. Absolutely silently, she rushed my tent. I squeezed the trigger for all I was worth, and then she collided with my tent. In that instant, i actually woke up screaming and throwing a wild punch into the wall of my tent i was sitting up suspicious knocking was heard about 3 am as my husband was camping with boy scouts on the side of a ridge se of henderson peak about 200 yards from state road 281 this is just south of the chiha state park line It was about 14 degrees with intermittent howling wind. There were three sets of two knocks each about 100 yards north of the campsite described as a piece of firewood hitting another. It was very loud and the knocks, though themselves rhythmic, were spaced so that the wind died down before they occurred again. These were not little limbs hitting each other and he was not able to determine if there were any responses because of the wind. There were no campers north of them and the only other campers on the mountain that were encountered was another boy scout troop camping about four miles away directly on lake chinobi my husband is an avid creature believer who awoke and immediately felt that this was consistent with other knocking activity due to the inclement conditions and not wanting to scare the younger kids in camp he did not have a chance to follow up although he didn't mention the sounds the next morning another adult did, and with careful, roundabout questioning all other factors for the sounds were excluded, trees falling, wind, limbs hitting each other due to the wind, etc. I am typing this since he was not sure of the cause of the sounds and was reluctant to report something that may not have been genuine, since he wasn't able to go look for tracks. To give some background as to how this story came up, My family and I were talking about supernatural occurrences and strange creatures that they've encountered. We are a Christian family, but we take this story to be truth. This is a second-hand experience that my grandpa shared with my mom many years ago. This happened when he was an eight-year-old kid in Mexico, roughly 60 years ago. My grandpa grew up in the hillsides near Huixquilucan in the state of Mexico in the 60s. It was very rural during that time and he lived on a large property with few neighbors. His family didn't have much money, so he would tend to his neighbor's cattle who owned the property further up the hillside to earn a few pesos. His neighbor would usually accompany him in rounding up the cattle nearing sunset to bring back to the barn. One day though, my grandpa said his neighbor got sick and stayed inside instead of accompanying him. This wasn't too out of the ordinary as he had been doing this for a while and was trusted. Nearing sunset he started herding the cattle and walking them back to the stables. When he did a count, he noticed that a cow was missing. Going back to look for it, he headed down the hill when he says he heard rustling and snapping in the dry corn fields. Thinking the cow had somehow gotten lost in the field, he called out to it. Emerging from the cornfields was what he described as a large black dog and says he was overcome with an overwhelming sense of dread. He immediately turned to run up the hill and started screaming at the top of his lungs. He said he turned around to look behind him, and the dog had transformed into a bipedal run chasing after him. His neighbor had heard him screaming and immediately opened up the door to let him in. I'm not too sure what happened after that except that he told his neighbor and his family what had happened and his parents no longer let him go back up there to tend to the cattle. A detail that stood out according to my mom's retelling, was how vividly he saw the dog shapeshift into a bipedal run after him. After she finished telling the story, she told me she couldn't remember the name for these folkloric creatures. The shape-shifting details stood out to me so I showed her a picture of a dog man and a skinwalker and she pointed out the details described by my grandpa were closer to a skinwalker. My dad then remembered the name, and said they called them Nahuals in Mexico. Looking them up, I saw a striking crossover between native and Mexican folklore between these creatures. They are shape-shifting shamans that transform into animals, most often large dogs. Additionally, what was striking is that they don't see these creatures as something mythical or outlandish, but take them to be truth and are supposedly well known about in their area. Other strange things have happened on his property but I don't know all of the details. I was riding my four-wheeler about 11 am when I came over a hill by my house on some gas lines, I saw a hairy creature standing about seven and a half to eight feet tall staring back at me. It scared me so I revved up the motor and turned the ATV around looking back at the creature as I topped the hill I came to a stop. As I watched the animal it seemed to be very calm as it turned and stepped off into the woods as if wasn't a bit curious of me being there. That was the first encounter I had with this creature. One of the other encounters I had was this year. Me and a friend from my church went to my land and found ourselves being chased off the back porch of my house by a very large animal about 1.30 in the morning. I'm sure it was the same animal I'd seen years before. I have had two more run-ins with this creature no doubt the animal is in this area. So my friend's grandpa has this cabin property up a canyon in Duchesne County, Utah, that had a fire burn through a few years ago, and his cabin was lost. Now it's just a bunch of burnt trees with quaking aspen saplings popping up everywhere. Last summer, my friend and I went up there to camp because it's pretty out of the way and private land. To get there, you have to go through a road blocked off by a locked gate, and everything is super overgrown. Getting there was tough. I say that because I wanted to be clear that we were most definitely alone up there. Anyways, we found a spot to tent up above his cabin on the gravel roundabout road that circled the cabin. That night while settling down, we heard a sound outside our tent. It wasn't a small animal and it wasn't a four-legged creature, we'd heard them all night and ignored them, it sounded like two heavy boots walking on the road we were tenting on. It's easy to tell the difference between two feet walking and four feet. It went all around the tent and seemingly left. Feeling spooked, my friend and I grabbed headlamps and rifles, and we walked a perimeter of our camp. We didn't see or hear anything else. Needless to say, we slept by our rifles that night. Not sure how related it might be, but the property is around 30 miles south from the infamous Skinwalker Ranch as the crow flies. We haven't been back since. A large creature, about 6.5 feet tall and covered with hair, crossed the road in front of me in broad daylight at about 3 p.m. The creature crossed the road just below the top of the hill and moved in a sideways fashion. I had the window down in my car and I clearly heard a scream unlike any I have heard before in my life. It was back in about 4th grade I think, I couldn't have been older than about 8 or 9. I lived in the country near a small Minnesotan town called Iota, and it was pretty out in the middle of nowhere. At about 6.50 in the morning I got on the bus like I would any other day to head to school. I had an hour-long morning ride and an hour-long evening ride. About three-quarters of the way through we went down a side street. A kid named Jacob lived there, and there was about three houses total down the street. In between the houses were open fields. As Jacob was picked up, I looked on the opposing side of the road, and saw three figures like I had never seen before next to a white house. They were black, long, and lanky. They looked almost like panthers, but distorted in some way. They were much bigger than Panthers, and their faces were almost pointed at the bottom. They looked almost reptilian. It was difficult to see details in the morning fog. They crawled on all fours, and one of them looked to be a bit smaller than the other two. One of the big ones walked ahead a little bit, and waited for the other two to catch up. They disappeared behind the house. I scrambled for my little blackberry hoping to catch a picture. But as we moved away from the house there was no sight of them i thought about what i had just seen and didn't particularly know what to think i told my friend erica about it and she didn't flat out tell me she thought i was lying but i could feel it the house is gone now it must have been demolished as it was fairly old and looked to be in fairly bad shape when the incident occurred though i am not and have never really been religious I did have a fair amount of strange occurrences in my childhood, this being one of the biggest. For the past seven years or so I have pushed it to the back of my mind, but every now and then it will come up. As I was listening to a podcast mentioning Skinwalkers, I thought of this experience, and thought I would take to Reddit for some help. If anybody has any clue as to what this could be, please let me know. I'll be happy to answer any questions as best as I can. me and my best friend were riding down a dirt road right past the oil well road we seen a roughly seven feet tall big something in the road just as our headlights hit it it threw something down and jumped into the woods we stopped to examine what it was and found it to be a half-eaten rabbit the rabbit was like you had sheared it off with a knife i saw no footprints but i did notice a strange musky odor in the air About three or four years ago I was driving from York, Nebraska going north on US 81, it's very early in the morning, maybe 2 or 3 AM without another car in sight. I remember the moon being bright and how the surrounding fields were illuminated well, considering there weren't any lights along the road. I'm somewhere around the Stromsburg area, knee-high cornfields on either side of me with the occasional grove of trees scattered along the way. I momentarily take my eyes off the road to see a large white figure in the distance, standing in the field a few yards from the roadside. I slow down a bit, curious because I've traveled this road several times by this point without encountering anything before now, and as I near I see a huge white dog of some kind, just standing there, watching my car as I approach it. I'm mystified and get goosebumps seeing this ghostly looking animal illuminated by the moonlight at an ungodly hour, wondering whose giant s-dog is roaming around in the dark this close to a highway. Normally I would stop to see if I can find a collar and tag on a dog without an owner, but this dog is not one I would want to mess with if it wasn't friendly. I take my eyes off the animal and back onto the road as I finally pass it, but when I look back I can't see it anywhere at the time i didn't think anything of it but looking back the dog had been big enough to stand above the crops. so if it was still in the corn i would have seen it with an open highway and no trees close by there weren't many places it could have hid it's nebraska so at the time i was sure it was just a dog or maybe some guy's wolf dog or something but certainly not a wild wolf i've since learned about skinwalkers and though we do have native territories all throughout most of Nebraska, as far as I know skinwalkers are a Navajo-specific legend. Plus, being a Nebraskan for many years, the thought of the paranormal juxtaposed against cornfields is hard for me to believe. I've had three strange or scary encounters with huge white dogs in my lifetime, all coincidental and twice out of nowhere, so regardless it's still a strange encounter in my life. If anyone has information on regional native folklore, cryptids that sound similar, or have had a similar encounter, I would love to hear from you. I saw Bigfoot twice in Chance, Alabama and my mom seen him also. He's been living down here far over 30 years. I'm 47 years old and I remember riding my bicycle through there and hearing all the noise in the woods. I thought it was a big deer going through the woods until I got older. Now I know what it was if you want to see him let me know he's been there from 1980s when I was hearing him and I saw him in 1992 and 2002. One of our cousins said he thinks it was attracted to one of his horses in 2010. I know he's still there. So, this happened a few years ago to my fiancé and I while we were living at my mother's house for a little while when we were between places. It was nighttime during the summer, and we were out walking the dog and having a good time, as it had been oppressively hot earlier that day. Our dog was walking along, enjoying his walkie time, and we were almost home. Suddenly, my fiancé stops dead still and presses her hand against my chest to stop me moving forward. I say what's up, and notice my dog is stopped still, staring intently at something in front of my mom's place. She had this porch light which illuminated the lawn a little bit, and as my sight line went from my dog to the front lawn, I saw. Well, I don't know, exactly. There was a humanoid figure on the front lawn, that appeared to be dragging a large contractor-style garbage bag towards the backyard, which abuts the woods and leads down to a creek. It's vague to recall it now, but it was tall, seemingly dressed darkly, maybe in jeans and a hoodie, but it was only partially visible in the porch light. When I looked up, its head moved towards us, and it felt like it was staring right at us. The three of us were paralyzed in that moment, all filled with dread, until my brain decided to kick in. We're turning around, and we keep walking. My fiancé and I turned directly on our heels, and, thank God, our dog did the same. Both of us refused to look behind us until we turned a corner much further down the street. Our dog was stealing looks behind us, watching our backs. Once we turned the corner, we called the police, who came around to meet us and did a sweep of my mom's property the surrounding properties, and the woods. There were six to eight cops total that responded, with a K-9 Unit 2, it's a rich area of the suburbs. Here's the kicker, though, and why I think this story belongs here. The cops called us back later that night, we weren't sleeping anyway, to tell us that they turned up nothing. No footprints or evidence of anyone on the lawn, no drag marks for the bag, their dogs caught no abnormal sense in the area. My fiancé was livid at them, because we definitely saw someone there, and from then on we walk our dog with knives and a walking stick at the ready, just in case. As time has gone on though, I've begun to wonder if it wasn't a person we saw, but a thing, how else could it leave no earthly trace of its existence? When my eyes were on it, all I felt was fear, filling my every thought, such that I was paralyzed, and I wasn't the only witness, since my fiance and my dog both saw it. And, it was definitely dragging something along with it, which should have left a mark on the grass lawn. I've always been fascinated with stories of shadow people, wendigos, and skinwalkers, the latter two not being native to my area, allegedly, and do believe in ghosts, since we live in a house haunted by her deceased family they didn't approve until I put a ring on it. Did we have a brush with the unknown that night, or am I just failing to properly rationalize what we saw? Driving on paved road, sighting was maybe 20 yards away, creature exited woods as I crested a hill, crossed right of way and rode with four five strides at incredible speed, eight to nine feet tall, extremely broad shoulders matted reddish brown fur it crossed the road only several yards in front of me got a very good look at it i was the only witness and have no evidence but this is not a case of misidentification i was deer hunting in freedom hills management area around coon dog cemetery I entered the woods before daylight and walked down the access road next to a pine forest. I came to the back of some pines where they turned into heavy hardwoods. I sat down at the bottom of a tree and waited for daylight. During my way up, behind me on top of the ridge I heard a series of grunting and heavy movement through the woods walking down the ridge behind and down the ridge it went. Once daylight came I walked up to where I first heard the grunting and movement. As I got to the area I found bedding and hair. The hair I found I kept a sample and it wasn't wild hog or bear nor mountain lion. This whole incident scared me and made me very uneasy. Later that night we heard wood knocks and a tree pushed down. Well, me and my cousin were deep in the woods deer hunting close to our little campsite when we heard some very loud popping sounds maybe 35 yards away, we froze, tried to figure out the sound but couldn't. We started walking it was getting late almost dark we started to smell something. It smelled awful deader than dead my cousin hears something walking heavy, we turn around look down the logging road and see this thing step out of the tree line. It was a good 40 to 45 yards away it had dark brown hair, walked on two legs was very big 9 to 10 feet tall and it just stood there. Out of being so scared we couldn't move either, I couldn't have shot it if I wanted to but we stared at each other for about 3 or 4 minutes and when it took a step into the woods we ran. First time ever saw anything like that. I told some people but they laughed and asked me how much I had been drinking but I don't drink so I saw the sight and decided to get this off my chest. I've been holding for years and I haven't been deer hunting that far in the woods since. Hi everyone, I think I'd just like to share or get confirmation on what my friends saw last night. We were driving back to Flagstaff from Sedona at about 3 am. And there were three of us sitting in the front of a small truck. We were having a good time and blasting music, so I think that's why I may have missed it, but my friends, the driver and person sitting in the middle, suddenly went very serious and quiet and rolled up the windows. When I asked what was wrong, the driver asked if we saw anything, to which my other friend replied he thought he saw something like a goat. The driver explained that he saw an all-white, gangly, hunched-over creature, with a face shaped like a shield and two horns. He said it wasn't looking towards our direction. They saw it on the right side of the road in a small forest clearing, so I feel like it may have been in my blind spot. So, do you guys think that was a crawler? I've never heard of any with a face shape like that or horns. Also, this wasn't a skinwalker or anything like that. We're all Navajo and are certain that's not what that was. I was told I had two entities following me. A while back someone I was friends with told me that when I came over to visit that I had two beings following me. This person also told me they sometimes knew things and saw spirits. I am a semi-skeptical person when it comes to this stuff but I asked questions anyways and I was hoping maybe some of you can give some input. They said that one of these beings was an older Hispanic woman and that she she was upset that I was visiting my friend and kept entering and leaving the room to check what we were doing. They asked if my grandmother had died because I am part Hispanic but I didn't know at the time for sure because I haven't had anything to do with that side of my family since I was a kid. I later found out my grandmother from my Hispanic side was not dead at the time. I told them that the grandmother I was raised by was white and my mother was white and adopted. They also told me the other being was a tall man in black wearing a hat and he was in the background just checking things out. When they told me this I got a mental image of a man in a suit with a hat like 60s 50s type like MIB type clothing. Whenever I questioned them more about this, as I did several times, They would just tell me the man in black seemed fine and just an observer but to watch out for the older Hispanic lady. Anyone have any thoughts on this? My immediate reaction is to semi-dismiss it, but I do have a curious side to me so from time to time I think about it. I have had some weird instances and things happen in life but I always keep both an open mind and a skeptical mind when dealing with the unknown. Thanks for any feedback.